welcome to today's episode of the What No One's Asking For podcast. Brian Burchick here, and today's episode is actually our last episode of season one. Now, don't worry, uh, we are super excited for season two, and we are going to start back with season two on Tuesday, January 17th. So there will be a little gap here during the holidays um, where, honestly, we'll be working really hard to be uh, ready for season two. But today's episode is called Reflection, and it's really sort of a look back at season one and the three of us uh, really thinking about uh, where we've experienced the most growth, how these conversations have really changed us and moved us forward uh, in our own journeys. And so... We would love to actually hear from you about what from season one has really resonated with you. Um, As we are reflecting in this episode, we want to invite you to share your reflection. Um, And so maybe it was a particular episode that has kind of hit home for you, or maybe there was a theme or something that has just resonated to a point where it's made a difference in your life or has been something you're thinking more deeply about. So here's what we would love. We would love for you to consider sharing that with us. And there's kind of two different ways you could do that. Uh, One is uh, you could hop on Instagram. We now have an Instagram account for this podcast. So it's WNAF pod on Instagram. You could DM us there uh, or comment on a post, however you want to do that. Um, but then also we have a new website kind of landing page for the podcast. So you could go to WNAFpod.com and there you'll actually find that there's a place you can email us, which you could certainly do, but also you could leave a voice message. And so, you know, it's a podcast, so it could be fun to do that. We'd love to like hear your voices, um, sharing again, like what's been your big takeaway from season one. So that would be great. And, you know, we've talked a lot throughout the podcast about uh, just the part that Marco Polo, the app, has played in us just like staying connected. And honestly, it was truly um, this whole podcast is just the overflow of us connecting with each other through some really tough seasons these last couple of years. And realizing like if we don't connect, if we don't open up with each other and get vulnerable and start talking about what's really going on, um, we're not going to be in a good place. And there's some things that we just feel so stuck about or are not experiencing the kind of growth that we know we need without it. And so it all was just about those initial conversations and Marco Polos and phone calls. And then it just got to the point where we realized let's just hit record and see if these conversations and sharing these conversations and like the podcast format would actually, you know, encourage other people or be helpful. And so that's how this whole thing started. We call ourselves the V group uh, on Marco Polo, which is, Real cheesy, um, but the V stands for vulnerability because that's what it's always been about. Is like we got to be open, we got to get real, we got to share what's honestly happening and what we're really feeling. And so we would love for you to join the V group. And so at our website wnafpod.com, you can join the V group um, by entering your email. We will be doing a monthly kind of book of the month. Um, email where we share a book that we're reading and would love for you to learn with us 
um, as well as uh, people that are part of that monthly newsletter will also uh, be able to receive some exclusive content, some recordings that we've done live together um, that we've not shared on the podcast. And so would love for you to be a part of that. So join the V group uh, at WNAFpod.com. And I guess just the last thing I'll say is just thank you so much for joining us in season one. Um, you know, whether you've listened to a few episodes or the whole season, um, we're thrilled and just so excited to, to have you listening. And we really hope that you will join us for season two, January 17th. And in the meantime, share with us kind of what you have, uh, have learned or thought. And we look forward to hearing from you. And now after way too much talking here at the beginning, let's jump in, let's dive in to our final season one episode on reflection. All right, hello everyone. Welcome back to (laughs) What No One's Asking For. How are you, gentlemen? Good, I love your little intros, man. (laughs) <laughs> trying to bring the energy. They're getting better. Yeah, because you had a fantastic morning, right? I mean, everything just went so smooth at your house. Yeah, it was awesome. Had a kid refuse to go to school. Uh, <laughs> got everybody's fight or flight going real early. It was awesome. Um, but, you know, hey, you just, it's so frustrating at the beginning because you're like, this is not the way it's supposed to happen. And so I feel like you have to like, fight with that and then you're like fine just freaking let it go it's gonna be a different morning and that's just changing the expectation just sucks but once you do it you're like all right we're driving you to school today and somehow we're gonna be nicer to you even though you've been terrible (laughs) i think that's what frustrates me honestly i've just got this like sense of unjust like you're the one that made a mistake but now you're actually getting special treatment from us and we're like coddling you back and there's a part of me that's like that is not right um but it is what it is pay for this yeah exactly i start giving i start giving punishments i just start giving the the harshest oh yeah yeah. i just start threatening which i know you're not really that doesn't really work long term i just well no i did i took away his (laughs) nintendo switch for the weekend and then aaron of course is like you're not even gonna be here this weekend that's making right it always happens i know always i'm like well just make him earn it back whatever uh (laughs) oh the old earn back yeah we can always change the rules midway through okay earn it back yeah yeah Uh, just go hug your mother just go hug your mother you can get it back (laughs) oh oh well hey this is uh (laughs) this is gonna be fun and it's going to be a little bit of a different episode. You know, we were kind of thinking, or at least I was thinking like, all right, how can we kind of wrap up this first collection of episodes? Cause we didn't really plan it, but it did feel like it took on this sort of sequential unfolding of topics that seemed to kind of build off each other. And it felt like a good opportunity to kind of wrap it up and then think about what's next. And Reynolds and I were actually having a, a nice conversation on a little getaway and where were you uh we were in spain 
we wow. were we were taking a holiday in Spain, like the Counting Crows song says. Um, <laughs> and it was an epic. I mean, it was our 15 year anniversary. It was we've yeah. been planning it for years. I feel the need to like explain Don't. it away. Well, no, no, and say where we were. Where yeah. we were oh. was epic. Oh, dude, why don't you tell them, Reynolds? I mean. Yeah, so we're, we're hiking talking. we're hiking the camino i mean we're doing like a day hike on the el camino which is the way there the path it's this thing that pilgrims have been hiking for i don't know like hundreds of years, years. Yeah. yeah so there's these yellow markers like everywhere as you kind of just feel that ancient you know present connection and we're hiking this thing uh, which i had read you know some books about it there's this pilgrimage yeah. book by paulo coelho that you know, just kind of romanticizes a little bit. You're like, oh my gosh, I've read about this. I've thought about it. And we're, we're on the way we're on the path. And, uh, I asked you about this book that you had brought on the trip. Like, Hey, how's that bittersweet book? Cause you had talked about it a lot months before. Yep. And that kind of took you into a little bit of a aha moment. That was kind of the Genesis for this. Yes. Yeah, it absolutely was. It was just like a real time kind of realization and so that's when, after that, after that just kind of organic moment, we realized, hey, you know what? What if we just kind of wrapped up this, these episodes with kind of a reflection, a kind of a look back on where has there been growth in us individually or as a, you know, as a community? Like, what, what have we taken from these? And so we're just going to see where it goes. And I mean, again, there's not a whole lot of like, we, we none of us have like talked about specifics, but Reynolds, I know like for you, just really, I think for years, you've had a real value for the power of reflection. And so, I mean, can you speak into just the value of it? Um, here yeah, I kind of want to hear your story first, because I feel like that's 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 where the energy is at for me. I want to hear the, the kind of that moment that happened. And then I can say a little bit about that. OK, fine. I'm putting it back on you, man. Oh, Jesus is not what we discussed. <laughs> just i just love that it happened because it wasn't a planned thing you know yeah. but we happen to be on this yeah hike. we're in a yeah yeah i mean it was unbelievable the whole trip was like a dream it was truly i mean it is so hard to you know leave your busy crazy life and go to europe like it just feels like insane to even take that on and yet we were able to pull it off and then when we were there, it was just magic. You know, it's like the stars aligned. The weather was perfect. Nobody got sick. It was just like this epic, unbelievable gift. And I think that day that we were walking the Camino de Santiago was basically the midpoint of the trip. And I know, I, you know, it's so funny, like the psychology of being on a trip, because there's always like the initial like joy and excitement. And then for me, it's almost like when you're in that midpoint, it's almost like the pinnacle and you're just fully in it you've fully detached from your life back home you're not worried about leaving yet you're just in the glory of the trip and so i kind of think that day of walking the path was sort of represented that like middle of the trip you're just fully in it and so we were walking and it was just gorgeous scenery you know it's this this path is like on this section of the path it's like right along the coast and so yeah, Reynolds, you asked me because I brought that book, Bittersweet, and I cannot think of the author right now, but she's amazing. She wrote Quiet um, about the power of introverts also. But um, I brought it to Spain, and I always bring like more books than I could ever even 
end up looking at on trips. It's just like a weird uh, thing I do. But you asked how it was going. And I was like, well, actually, I haven't read it in months. And I've kind of like lost an appetite to read it. And not because it's not a compelling good book, but I started just realizing like, I think I've kind of lost the appetite for it because I think in some ways I've actually moved through a lot of that midlife sadness stage that I felt like I was in for a pretty long time. I mean, probably at least a, you know, maybe a year of just uh, actively trying to engage with sad things. <laughs> and I know that sounds funny, but it's like, I needed to feel the sadness and attach myself to affirmations that being sad is okay right and it felt cozy and good like it felt comforting to listen to sad music or listen to a sad interview like someone talking about disappointments or failures it just it was all somehow really um validating or, or comforting like therapeutic and, too yeah yeah th yes therapeutic cathartic like all those things and so in real time talking to you, I was like, gosh, I actually am not seeking those things out anymore. And I really think, and, and it was primarily through our conversations, just like on this podcast and through our just connections throughout the week on Marco Polo and stuff. Like, I think I have somewhat successfully moved through that midlife sadness kind of stage into more of an acceptance stage. And not that you can't go back and forth and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But I truly, because Drew, I mean, I remember even on the Midlife Sadness episode, you opened up, you, you eventually shared a quote about acceptance. And it wasn't the focus at all. It's just right at the end or something. And it really stuck with me. And when I was listening back, that notion of acceptance kind of like wouldn't go away. And so much so that I brought it up to you guys like, hey, what if we did an entire episode about acceptance? And so that kind of forced, you know, even a deeper kind of dive into that idea. And I just can genuinely say that I don't feel, I don't feel this like pull into fighting it as much anymore. I feel much more at peace with the reality of my life in this stage. And rather than continuously like, uh, I don't know, comparing to people that seem to have it easier or being frustrated that like I sh like overanalyzing decisions that were made that create the, the current, you know, realities. I just feel like I'm more at peace and an and, and acceptance of it and a little bit more just focused on, all right, like, how do we play this game? Well, you know, and how can we be courageous where we need to be courageous? So that was kind of long winded, but Drew, just to catch you up because you weren't there for that combo, that was um that was a big discovery, I think, for me. So the aha was almost like, oh, I'm not as sad as I was. That emotion's not as pre prevalent or as as dominant, whereas that was the dominant emotion before those you were kind of stuck in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the only reason I think I realized that so clearly was Reynolds bringing up this sad book that. I ordered and started reading because I wanted to read about sad stuff. And the fact that now there's really not an appetite for that was just like this, like tangible, you know, proof. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I just think, I don't know. I mean, I'm, you know, still 
day to day is still, of course, you know, life and tough and all that. But I, I just feel more at peace with the acceptance of all the things that have happened up to this point and where we are. And I think so much of that was just us working through these hard things. And, and you know, some of these principles we've talked about, or, you know, have just been helpful. Like when we talked about, like, I, I can't even remember how we worded it, but it was like this idea of like, always putting all this extra meaning on stuff. That's do you remember this? About. Yeah. How, the, the how do we talk about that? Yeah, it's kind of like the judgment of of what's happening. And the mm. even the shouldn'ts, like, yeah, this shouldn't be going this way. I feel that way. Like, I shouldn't mm. be experiencing this. This, this is not fair. This is whatever. Yes, and, yes, it, you yes. know, we talked about that uh, pain plus resistance equals suffering. Yes. And so it's like the pain actually is not the problem. Like you said, pain is still there. The pain might be financially. The pain might be the situation or whatever. But our resistance to the pain, which is judgment often, you know, yes. that's where it's like, all right, that's true suffering. That's more than pain of what is. That's suffering because of how I feel about what is, how I think about what is. And it sounds like that part has shifted for you some where you've relaxed yes. into it and accepted it more. And it's like, yeah, some of the pain's still there, but you're not feeling an overwhelming suffering. Is that right? I, yeah, I think that is. And, and I wouldn't want to communicate that like those months of kind of wallowing a little bit were not okay. Cause I think they were okay. You That's know, how I think, you got there, right? Yeah. It sounds like it, it sounds like, like a l part of acceptance was leaning into it some. Yes. And letting so. it, like letting it out through expression, through thinking, talking, all that kind of stuff. Like, I admire what you're talking about because I typically stuff like yeah. <laughs> where I would go left. You went hard, right? <laughs> you yes. know, you sought out sad songs and you sought out sad interviews. And I'm, I'm genuinely like kind of learning as you're talking like, wow, that's so interesting. I guess that is, yeah. <laughs> I well, guess that is so... cathartic, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, cause it's so natural for you. You probably don't even realize you're doing it in terms of like stuffing it or whatever. Oh, totally, man. I mean, duck, duck, in the water is kind of how my natural response has been programmed, which is calm on the surface, legs kicking under the water, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thought of you just like outwardly, <laughs> like it's, it's so, it's so emo to me. Like oh, I, I yeah. just picture you listening to Avril Lavigne and like, I was going to say that he's always been an Avril fan. <laughs> Avril Lavigne, you guys, yeah, come on. That was like years taking ago. a long drive at night. But... It's a big part of it's a uh, core well, part of you. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say it, but dude, a lot of country songs were very cathartic. There's some yeah. sad country songs. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, it's yeah. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm actually. I'm not making fun of you. I, I'm like. Oh, man, no, I, I, I think that is that is a data point for me. Is how I'm thinking about it. Like that is a data point to go. Maybe that's a quicker way to move through something that feels like a trapped experience in a sense. Is yeah. by embracing it to a degree, by expressing it to a degree, until it is no longer the thing that is the predominant feeling, you know, like the yeah. river in a sense, like letting that river wash through me instead of damming it up and it staying inside. So I think we could overdo that too. Like that's where it's so tricky. Like with my anxiety, I, the way I think about it is I can't fuel this, but I can't fight it either. Like yeah. fueling it looks like rumination. Yes. You know? Where it's like you're actually not processing it and letting it like move through you. Instead, you're keeping it around by like an attachment to it. Where, and you see that all the time, right? And then, oh yeah. 
But then there's fighting it, and that's resistance for me. Where I'm like, no, 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 go away, go away, go away. And there's mm -hmm. some in between, you know? Yeah. I mean, Reynolds, you, you and I talked about that, I think, as we were walking the Camino. Just like you could definitely wallow in something longer than you should um, or or choose to kind of go back to the comfort of something familiar when you have what it takes to make some steps forward or something. I I, I don't know. You remember talking about yeah, that, Reynolds? Yeah, a little bit. Um, and I did think of the phrase, Timothy Miller, the guy we were talking about a couple episodes ago who wrote the How to Want What You Have book. He, he calls it unnecessary value judgments. Mm. Um, so it's like I'm experiencing something and then I'm just judging it and making it more miserable like you guys were talking about. So, you know, we're all going to go through that hard stuff, but like, yeah, do you beat yourself up for going through it? Are you harsh on yourself that you're still dealing with it? So that's where it eats me, you know, where I'm, I'm like, man, why is this still an issue? You know, I felt like I was making progress, but when it, when it comes back around and I'm struggling again, it, I can just spiral so quick. So I'm not even fully answering your question. I'm just kind of talking about what I want to say about this <laughs> yeah <laughs> but well, no, i mean let's let's go there because i think thinking about like i know for me i came across a quote around like you know being proud of how far you've come and it it spoke to me it made me feel good because i'm pretty much like naturally pretty harsh of you know myself and so to step back and like be proud of how far you've come and really reflect on that um was meaningful to me and so i know though the, that notion has been uh important for you do you want to kind of yeah well so i mean well even just to talk about the organic nature of this whole thing like so we have a marco polo uh group you know it's a video chat between the three of us and we use that as kind of a tool and this podcast kind of came out of those connection points or whatever so and hopefully they're going to be one of our sponsors just thanks marco polo for being a sponsor i don't know this. why they wouldn't want to so, do <laughs> let's get i mean i love the idea of men being on there having little group the women love it i mean they blow that thing oh up. yeah they and do I respect great naturally yeah their connection through it but so drew posted something on there he was you know wrestling through something and using that as a tool of like hey here's what i'm feeling like i mean that's what's been so good for us like didn't really change much, but I'm at least expressing this vulnerably to some other people. Here's what I'm going through. Something he said in that spurred a connection for me of like, wow, this is, this is what I do when I'm, when I'm struggling. So I don't, I don't want to go into full details on it, but it had kind of a, I don't know, I guess an episode on this great magical trip and the fact that I was feeling these very strong negative emotions in this magical place just made it so much worse. I was just so frustrated. I couldn't sleep, you know, one or two nights. I'm just ruminating on it. And, you know, something Drew said on his polo to us was, um, I cannot give this, you know, thought one inch. Like I, I cannot give this space you know, in my, in my brain. Um, and I just was like, gosh, I, this is eating me. This is eating my lunch. I'm giving it all kinds of space. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, and, and the fact that I'm still struggling with it, I'm like, I'm so sick of this 
struggle. And then I just go down a deep negative spiral. I mean, it, it's like gravitational force. It just snowballs. And I was watching that episode of The Office last night where Michael Scott, uh, his girlfriend, Carol, which I think is his real wife, his yeah, actual wife in real, real life. life. Yeah, in yes. real life. Yeah. She she breaks up with him the day before Christmas because he had cut out a picture of his face and put it on a picture <laughs> with her and her ex-husband and her two kids. I remember that, that was his Christmas card, was a cutout picture of his face on her ex-husband's head. And she was like, I can't do this. This is weird. He's like, I got two tickets to take us to sandals. It's all inclusive. And she just make <laughs> walking out the door. He says, If you walk out that door. It is over. And she's like, I know she leaves. So long, he ends up on the floor under Pam's desk, just going, Oh, he's on oh, his back sad. laying on the floor. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts in my heart. It hurts in my stomach. It hurts in my arms. And dude, I told Marge, I was like, this is literally what I do. Like I literally uh, yes. have the same thing. So all that to say, I was really discouraged. But then it made me want to reach out to Drew, which I think is the power of how this whole thing got going, the vulnerability of going, man, I've never seen this connection between how you're talking about one struggle that I don't have connects to how I feel about another struggle and it is eating me. And I'm so frustrated. I feel so defeated. And that's when he was like, yeah, but look at where you've come, which is an annoying thing to initially hear. (laughs) It's like, you don't want to hear it because you're like, Come on. Yeah, yeah. I didn't lead with that. I didn't lead no, with that. No, I know. I know. But it, he was still annoyed. True. <laughs> even though it's true, you want just instant alleviation. You want, yeah. You don't want like, well, let's zoom out and look at the whole picture. Like, no, I want I want to be in sandals right now, you know, with Carol or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that but that spurred a bigger conversation of like, yeah, there has been progress. And that, that shows me I ha- I am growing in this. Yeah. That conversation yeah. was big for me because, you know, you said before that, I didn't think I could relate. Like you could always sympathize knowing that like, Hey, I'm going through something and, and that kind of thing, but you couldn't relate. And then when you saw the relation, to me, what I saw that you like when you were describing it, and it, I was yeah. like, "That is that is what it's like." Even though it's a different experience, mm. I think I told you this on the phone. I was like, "I suddenly feel a lot less alone," and yes. often that is one of the pain points in these experiences, right? Oh, right? Yeah. Like probably before you before you realize anybody else felt midlife sadness, you feel alone. You know, Reynolds, as you're in that kind of feeling, you feel alone. When I was in the the panicky kind of thing. I just feel alone. And Oh, I feel like I'm in solitary confinement. Like it's like, it is, it is crippling. It is, you're like, no one else feels this. And that makes Mm -hmm. it compound. Yeah. So then I feel shame. I don't know if y'all have ever felt that, but I feel shame of like, why is this eating my lunch? When I think of no one else knows what no one else is doing this. It makes me feel like, then why, like what's wrong with you? that you're having this experience. Other people would just brush this feeling off or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's like, one is the comparison that makes you feel like shit because other people have it better than you. 
right. you know, meaning like they're not dealing with this struggle. Their situation right. is different. The other is a shame thing of like, what's so weak and broken about me that I'm feeling this, you know? So mm. either way, the point was when you reached out, I was like, man, it's not that I want that. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm so glad he's having that because that can happen in a, a very immature place for people when someone else suffers. It was more just like, I'm hearing you describe this. And the insight you're having means you actually do understand what I'm talking about. You know, it was like yeah. this weird, I'm not alone in this kind of thing. So anyways, that's yeah, what I no, it was super helpful. I mean, that's why I wanted to bring it up. I mean, that would be my thing, Brian. If someone's like, yeah, what's the aha? What's the growth been for you? I'm like, man, if we haven't, if we don't do that polo and, and share where we're at and we don't have these conversations, I feel more alone. Mm. I'm, I feel more stuck and I, then I guess I don't feel like I'm growing because I needed I needed I actually do agree with you know what you shared you're like dude look at how this has come yeah there's two steps forward there's one step back you're in the one step back moment but look at the two steps forward I'm like yeah that is true like yeah. there has been growth and I need to celebrate that I need to yes. be encouraged by that and keep moving because the other option is just like abort, just right. give up. Just yeah. for me, dude, I am spiraling. Like it is a physical feeling. I am going down. It's like the moment. plane is going down. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I yeah. feel it so intensely that I, if I go into it, I almost move into like self-harm, which I don't act out on that, but it's almost like that is the feeling. That's like what, I almost want to move towards in some strange way of like, well, mm. F it, you know, screw it. Like nothing matters, you know, and I almost want to feel something else, you know, mm. feel something more intensely than that pain. So, um, yeah, man, I, you know, that was, that was the reflection for me. Like, wow, this is forget if anybody else <laughs> benefits you know, they'll never see our polos, but I mean, if any, no one benefits from yeah. this podcast, at least we are. And that, yeah. that means something to me and I'm grateful for it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like Drew talked about shame? Do you go to that place or, I mean, you kind of, you, you just described it, but it, it doesn't sound like it's necessarily shame. Is it more just like screw everything? I just want to. Yeah, I out. think it's. And in the past, it's been like guilt, like, well, I should have done this, should have done that. Like, oh, like yeah. how, like I should have acted different. Um, but I, I wrestle with like, I want to be authentic. I want to express myself. I want to, you know, it's just, I'm just in that push pull between those two things. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I probably don't go as much to shame of like, than like blaming myself. Like, mm. um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and oh yeah the good old blame <clears throat> yeah and just kind of being hard on myself like ah come on like you know do more be different or <laughs> i don't know dude I, I get lost in that yeah i get lost in it it's a spiral of thoughts and emotions you yeah. know they're gonna be all over the place oh uh, yeah. well I, I blame a lot like other people not as you know so i mean i, I certainly know what shame feels like but i i don't know i think part of my dark places is I, I, I blame outside forces for yeah. some reason. No, I'm a textbook blamer too. Yeah. I blame, anything. I blame dude. I freaking blame. And I guess it's just protecting myself from having to maybe 
admit my own responsibility in the problem. Um, and so it's like blame, 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 just like last ditch effort to, yeah. to fight having to truly own something and own my dysfunction or my consistent role in these patterns which I kind of think we're talking about. And of course we're not getting so mm. detailed into them, but I think everybody, and if you're in a, like a long-term relationship, every relationship has these like few patterns. Oh yeah. Are con like that are yeah. with you, you know, they're just with you and you get cycled in them. And that's what can be so annoying is like Reynolds, you're talking about this need for like growth and progress. And when you feel like you're just circling back in these habits and patterns and cycles over and over again, right? it can be very, uh discouraging and yet like i think all of us believe that like so much of life is about this evolution and this unfolding and this growth and you know i do think these moments of like honest reflection both like in the quietness of our own hearts and minds but also with other you know people are is such a critical piece of actually seeing the evolution slow as it may be but like i have to believe that reflecting and looking back and and gaining insights from experiences is a huge part of getting to evolve and not stay stuck um i don't know yeah well that's what i was gonna say is like what you're what you're talking about right now is the courage to observe what actually is mm. right like, do I have the courage to look around and just observe what is, whether that does involve other people or whether it doesn't as much involve other people and it's more me, whatever it is, like I'm in pain or I'm not in pain, like you observe what is. Yeah. And I think in that moment, you'll either see <clears throat> that you are growing more than you thought and feel encouraged, or you'll see that you're not growing. And that's when you ask for help. Like, yeah. I think that's where we started this of being like, hey, if I take an honest reflection, it's not two steps forward, one step back. It's at best a stalemate, or maybe it's two steps back, you know? Yeah. And that's okay too. Like, again, that's when it might trigger a shame or a blame or yeah. whatever. And it's like, no, like that's okay too. But if you don't want to stay that way, that's when maybe you do some of the stuff we're talking about, like reach out to friends, counseling, whatever, so that you can flip that track and see the two steps forward, one step back. And like, I even think like, oh, this is a thought I've been having for a little bit that I wanted to share. It was, so where did that come from? Like, uh, back up to my story, why I apologize Friday. I had a, like, this is what was so frustrating. It still pisses me off a little bit. It's like, <laughs> I had been feeling like five steps forward. Like for like, I had been feeling the best I'd ever felt mentally, all that kind of stuff. Like, and like, dang man. Yes. This is awesome. We're going to the lake for, um, what was the, is a labor day? I guess it was what uh, that yeah. was. Or? Yeah. Labor yeah. day. Labor day. Kids had school off on Monday, so we're going to my, visit my parents, and I haven't felt that way in so long that I was excited more than I normally would be to get away because I'm like, I think I might really enjoy this this time instead of being in my head and all that kind of stuff. And so I even mentioned it at lunch on the exit to get on the highway wow. to Caroline. I'm like, I'm so excited. My wife, Caroline, I was like, I'm so excited, babe. She's like, really? I'm like, I think it's because I just haven't felt this good in a long time. You know, like anxiety has not been a thing. Five minutes later. Oh gosh! Like, like five minutes later, uh, I don't. I can tell. Like it was pouring down rain. We were stuck in traffic. I could tell it was going to be a long time stuck in traffic. I'm not even sure necessarily how it got out of hand, but it got out of hand in my mind. And it was about three and a half hours of more, some of the most intense um, 
feelings like Reynolds was talking about. Like I'm in a different a sensation, but like really intense panicky feelings that I'm mm. not letting anybody know about. No one knew I was going through anything, which is both good and bad. And um, I finished the trip. So either way, though, it's all like the rest of the weekend, you're very sensitive to it. Is mm. this going to happen again? And then I'm very pissed that now oh, yeah. I'm not having a great time like I was looking forward to. Yeah. And, and then like Reynolds was talking about, I feel like I've started over. Right. I'm like, yeah. you that's idiot. when you that's when you pulled us. You were pissed. Exactly. I was it felt like you idiot. You thought you grew. You thought this was like gone. It, you, you know, I'm like, holy crap. And so what I want to celebrate now first is that I polled y'all. Like typically I wouldn't do that. I would stay mm -hmm. isolated. I would stay or at least I'd wait and tell you about it after I've recovered, you know, after okay. I've worked my way out of it. And I hadn't it wasn't like I had a good news to report. And mm -hmm. I I felt bad because I forgot that y'all were gone on your trip. And so I <laughs> Which saw like on Instagram, it, even if you knew that, you I should. know, I but know yes, you probably would. I have. thought y'all were just having like a normal weekend or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> here you go. And then I'm on Instagram uh, and I see, you know, one of y'all's, I was like, Oh my God, they're like on this insane trip. And now I just dump this <laughs> moment on them. Maybe they won't check it. Maybe they don't have the internet. Maybe they won't <laughs> check it. You know? Um, so anyways, like the next day, you know, I'm, every day gets a little bit better, but it's exhausting. And I think that's what y'all saw in that poll. I was in the middle of feeling exhausted. It's exhausting. The way I told Reynolds is like, I'm not giving it an inch. And what I mean by that is like, it's like this co-pilot is reached across the car and is grabbing the steering wheel and is trying to steer the car. Mm. And I am fighting with it. Like, yeah. nope, nope, nope. Like, Again, literally on the drive to the lake, this panic wanted me to pull over and get out of this emotion. Yeah. And I don't even know where that leads. It has no, that's the thing. Like those emotions have no plans. They don't have dreams. They don't have good goals. They have instincts. And the instinct was like, get out of this situation, pull over, pull over. And I'm literally physically not pulling the car over. Yeah. I am not, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, like yeah, I'm right. like, cause I'm, that would be me agreeing that I'm in an emergency and I'm not in an emergency. And so I'm going to keep yeah. driving the car. Right. So I have to do that for the rest of the weekend until I feel like I fully got in control. And then I was just exhausted. Right. Like I want to cry exhausted mentally. So I'm watching doc, uh, I'm on TikTok or something. And Dr. Daniel Amen, you've probably seen him on PBS or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's actually a really good dude. He, he was, uh, giving this thing about mental health and he showed on the graph what growth actually looks like and that's the long buildup like what growth in his mind especially with internal things like this what does growth actually look like and it was a version of the two steps forward one step back but it was even messier than that oh i love it like i love hearing even, that like when, what we imagine is like straight up and to the right correct yeah. yeah then when we have some understanding that that's not how it works we imagine a perfect math of two steps forward and one step back <laughs> like, all right, it's still gonna be predictable and it's gonna work out exactly like two steps forward and one step back. What I imagine it looked like is what a true uphill in nature would look like. Where it might be two steps forward, one step back, but there might be some significant like mm. valley moments, even though you're still going uphill to a degree. Does that make sense? Like the Camino mm. is not gonna follow some like architect's straight line. No. And it was like, man, sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back, and then there might be a period of time where it's like four steps back. Two yes. steps forward, but you're still, when you zoom out, on this upward trek that maybe had a deep valley. And so he said, you either what you need to know is you either have good days or good data. Like mm -hmm. that was a mindset that he wanted you to adopt. It was not how many good days and how many bad days have I had. He's like, you either have good days or you have good data. 
that when you have a step back, when you have one of those like things, try to be curious instead of judgmental. Yeah. Try to ask like, what's the data I can get from this in my, my healing journey? Like what happened? How, like what situation was I in? Was I tired? You know, all that kind of stuff. And anyways, that made me feel better that like, okay, maybe I'm not back at the start. And what is the data? And then I started to see where I have grown. Like, wow, this went better than normally would. I responded this way instead of this way. And, you know, those types of things. So oh, that's yeah. where I, when we talk about reflecting on growth, I'm like, I have. Yeah. But that wasn't my initial thought. My initial thought was like, let me celebrate where other people like Birchick has grown. I'm like, I have, but I think it's in the middle of me realizing it's a messier El Camino growth. <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. an El Camino road. <laughs> Look you at know? you bringing in the Camino. <laughs> <laughs> It, well, I haven't been there. It's what I imagine the El Camino is. Yeah, it was actually a perfect yeah. trajectory, a uh, forty-five degree <laughs> angle. <laughs> Damn it, uh, dude! Well, that that's a bomb, man. Good days or good data, like that is it was so, so helpful. Powerful, uh, and that communicates such a growth mindset. Like if you kind of live like that, that is such a growth-oriented mindset. And I mean the super intense moments where it feels very um all or nothing or very i don't know reynolds like you described like a very spiraled out or i don't know i mean sometimes you know in relationships there's like these moments of like can we even keep doing this um i don't know i mean those even those moments can oftentimes be like catalysts for that good data that, you know, you can really take some powerful steps with. Um, but those, those really intense moments where it's not just kind of like managing the struggle, but it's like hitting uh, a, a moment of real confrontation. I mean, those are scary. Those are, those are hard, um, but can be that, that data for really good growth. I want to, uh, 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 actually, Reynolds, if you have a thought on that specific thing, let me hear Yeah. That. Well, I mean, I was, you might begin to be about saying the same thing, but it was funny that Drew and I both realized we both did something that helped us in the moment to not just get stuck in that place of rumination. Because I think that is a good way to say it. Like, this is not leading me anywhere. I'm yeah. just literally, I'm miserable. Like I'm literally just making myself Sitting miserable. It. Yeah. And I know Drew kind of did an activity and then I, I was able to, to do some surfing on this trip. And it just, I guess, because it's all engrossing, it's like, you just have to give your full attention to it. And it's something that kind of you enjoy and lifts yeah. your spirit. Like I do think if you're in one of those situations that is like, a helpful thing to do, like throw yourself into something like that. So, I mean, it, it literally broke me out of this thing where I could just, I don't know, like reset emotionally boost in a healthy way. Cause I mean, there's all kinds of unhealthy things you can do in those moments. Yep. Um, whether it be the self-harm or just like drink or whatever it is for you. I, and I'm yep. so glad that didn't happen. I was able to do something productive, get some yep. perspective stop being such an ass, just change a little bit, you know, change, like recreate, oh, you dude, know that, what I mean? Yeah. That surf was like the surf of your life, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> it really ended up being like the best session I've ever had. Uh, Epic. 
which yeah i just was yeah i'm grateful yeah, yeah. But what were you gonna say on that germ well i'll finish that thought because so what's interesting is i hope this stuff isn't annoying we, we joke about this like you know a lot about a lot of things and here i go here's something else i know but like <laughs> this has give been, it to us this has been so practical for me like it's gonna sound like just random knowledge but it's been so practical for me like every thought has a correlating emotion it's just how it works like if you understand the whole biology of it like it makes sense like every thought we have will trigger a chemical reaction in our body that we call an emotion right that chemical cocktail only has about a two minute shelf life so like let's say you had a thought i'm in danger and it sends an immediate chemical of adrenaline and cortisol and whatever you will feel that sensation of the feeling of being in danger for at least two minutes Mm-hmm. It will be gone after two minutes if you no longer thought I'm in danger, right? And so it's pretty fun. It's like, all right, I've, it's almost like I've taken a shot of alcohol that'll make me drunk for at least two minutes. Yeah. Why do we stay in those? Because when we ruminate, we keep uh, having the same thought again and again, and it gives you two more minutes, two more minutes, two more minutes of that feeling. And when you break that thought, meaning like for you, Reynolds, mm-hmm. when you went surfing, your mind, it's such an intense thing that your whole, you have to be so focused, like that your mind is no longer in that pattern of taking shots of that feeling mm-hmm. that you're doing something else. And you just experience the freedom of, whoa, that emotion is no longer flooding my system. Does that make sense? And so yeah. that's why for me, meditation or what I was doing at the lake was just hitting golf balls. Yeah. My, my dad Physical. has like a mat and a net in the, in the garage. And I just went and it was like, oh, my, for, my brain was more focused on hitting the ball and the feedback of that situation or whatever. And it doesn't make your problems go away, but you at least feel like you've stabilized and you can now like almost like you've gotten back to your logical part of your brain a little bit more yeah. instead of the emotional part of your brain. Um, so I, anyways, that, that when I found out that emotions only have a two minute shelf life, that made me feel so much hope. That, no, like, I love that. <clears throat> I like that. It's like, dude, I can survive two minutes. My yeah. only thing I though, can is I can't keep taking shots of this. The longer no, I keep right. in this mindset, it's just going to add another two minutes to the clock of me feeling this feeling instead of letting it course through you. And then yes. it'll be right. gone, right? Go no, freaking, go work out. Go do something physical. Just like- Well, yeah, and that reminds me too of like, I think what I, the reason I, you know, got into CrossFit stuff and I've been so into like having a rhythm um, the last three years or so is because- my life was so intense. And I mean, I think that's, again, part of the reason we're doing this podcast. Like we have a bunch of little kids where we've got these jobs, like our life is intense and we were carrying intense stuff. And I was like, I need drugs to survive. So I can either choose the natural ones or I can choose the like harmful ones. Like I'm going to have to cope in some way. So I can either get up in the morning for me, that's my rhythm. And work out pretty hard which makes me feel i'm high dude i'm feeling i'm literally riding the high and i'm getting all my stress out yes in a helpful way where i'm not like yelling at people and being ornery and that kind of thing and then on the flip side like dude when i can't sleep and when i've gone through anxious cycles like it kills me like my body starts to shut down yeah i'm thinking terrible thoughts because i'm tired my brain is just not working so making like life decisions at 12 in the morning when i'm not in a good place to do that so for me i I just realized like dude i've got to have drugs to live so i can choose the natural ones or the unhealthy ones i need the endorphins from the working out and then 
yeah. I need to sleep good so that I'm just like, you know, get what do they call it? It's like the growth hormone, all that stuff is like yeah. released in your sleep, you know? And, and those were connected for me. Like I had so much stress that I remember that I needed to work out to be tired enough. Yes. Fall asleep. And yeah. that's like, dude, I'm pent so up energy. Oh yeah, dude. When I'm like watching TV or even laying in the bed with my kids at the end of the night, and I just start falling asleep. I'm so happy. I'm like, look, I'm naturally doing it because <laughs> I, my mind's going so fast. You're doing it, Peter. All the time. Yeah, I, I'll just be thinking stuff, you know, and and before I go to sleep. So that was that was a huge break. I just want to make that connection because that's like, yeah, I do. When I <laughs> when I was able to say that, it was so good. I was like, I need drugs to live that's fine. Like, am I going to choose the, the ones and the, ah. the natural ones yeah. that we can Honest tap assessment. into? Cause dude, when you, when you get a good night's sleep and you wake up and you feel good, like it changes everything, you know, yeah. changes your day. But when I couldn't sleep, then my body was shutting down, dude, I was just, I was a mess, you know, and I couldn't compensate, cope, couldn't cope with all the stress. I couldn't cope with the intensity of parenting and the sadness and the yeah. lock, lo- loss of control. I felt out of control in my own life, dude. Like oh, yeah. who else can be in control of this thing? If so I don't much feel is empowered, it? you know? Yeah. It's the old Snickers commercial. You're not you when you're hungry, right? <laughs> <laughs> what are y'all doing? <laughs> exactly. But dude, yeah, it's true. Like <laughs> if, if, if we miss some basic needs that we have sleep, exercise to be known and seen and feel connected what are all those types of things like right we're why would we be surprised if it's affecting us in some noticeable ways you know it's like i'm you're not yourself when you haven't slept well you're not yourself if you haven't exercised you're not yourself if you haven't connected with another human being in a real way and felt that like that yeah. shouldn't be that surprising i do want to i know we we i've got to go in a second and i know we're almost yeah. done but i do want to celebrate or at least um I can't remember if I've told you about this or not, but I tried something and I, and, it, and I liked it. So, wow. um, in the middle of trying to process good data and all that kind of stuff, I went back to one of the books my therapist recommended and I was just flipping through as fast as I could. Anything I underlined, that's how, typically how I'll review a book is like, did I do a good job of underlining what stuck out to me the first time I read it? And then I can just go back and find some phrases and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one was about worry. And I was like, man, I've never thought about it as worry, but I guess when I'm ruminating, that's a version of worry, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm ruminating mm-hmm. on what if this happens again and all that kind of stuff. He said, have, he said, uh, if you can't shake it, uh, try giving into it. And he said, seriously, like just say, all right, I'm going to worry. I'm going to full on worry for the next 10 minutes and see mm-hmm. what happens. And I was like, dude, I'm, I've never tried that. I feel like I've been pushing back this thing. Like don't, 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 don't stop talking, stop talking. That I've never just been like, all right, let's go. And so I did. I, I right here next to me, I had this big bean bag and I, I found a, an appropriate moment. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to go like be as anxious as I can for the next 10 minutes, you know, or I'm not that, not like I was going to, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm going to, I'm not going to push back against this at all. I'm going to say, bring it. I'll feel whatever you want me to feel like you can go. And just like he said in the book, nothing happened. It was the weirdest experience of like when you, when I actually said like, let's go, come on, let's go. I'm here. We're in a safe place. I'm not going to be worried about freaking out. Like, let's go. And nothing happened. And then from that point, I was like, literally like, what do you want me to feel kid? Like, this is like a little kid in me. Like, what are you trying to tell me? What do you want me to feel? Like I'm fully present. I'm not resisting you anymore. And I feel like what I'm learning is there's moments that I basically have to tell the kid. Like if one of my kids were home from school, and were to walk in on this podcast right now, I'd have to say, not right now. 
You know, yeah. I would turn and be like, acknowledge you. Yeah. Hey, I hear you. I can talk to you when this conversation's over. That's what it feels like when I'm driving the car and a panic attack's happening is me going like, not right now. Yeah. This, this is not appropriate. Like, this is not the time to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't making time to then double back and go, we can talk now. You know, like, we're, this is a good time. If anxiety, you're trying to tell me something, I'm not going to resist you. And I'm not going to be afraid of a feeling. You can rush feelings over me if you want. I won't be afraid of that. Um, so anyways, I wanted to catalog that on the podcast cause I'd never tried that before. It was such an interesting tactic, like stop pushing against it in these moments and, mm. and find a moment where you can say, all right, then I'll just worry all I can. Or like you, Bertrick, like, all right, I'm going to be as sad as I can right now. I'm just yeah. going to fully do it. And it was just such an interesting experience and it felt scary until I did it. And it was like, wow, that was actually kind of relieving. It felt like I got to like stop fighting and the, and the exhaustion was fighting. Does that make sense? Mm. Now, in, in my example, that would be, <clears throat> I've got this document that I've been writing in on my computer. Um, it's a password protected document. So literally I can say anything. No one will ever read it. I can, yeah. if anyone, I literally have on the top of it, like, this is for me, if you're, if you're, if you're not Matt Reynolds and you're reading this, you have no right to be offended by anything in this. Like, <laughs> cause I have to, it's a, I literally I have that. to let it rip wow. in, in a, and a mentor had suggested, he's like, you really need to do this. And it took me a while to do it. But dude, I have over a hundred pages on a Microsoft Word. I mean, it's 35,000 cool. words. Like it's, it's a lot. And it's like powerful. I'll just read other old entries sometimes. And I'm like, wow. Because it's so honest. That's the whole point of it. That's the only way it can be. Like it's, this is this safe place. So for me, it's a little hard to do that. I'm not like a natural writer, but the whole idea of it was, you're making these subjective feelings that are yeah. internal that you can't really name and, you know, understand and you're making them objective. So the fact that it's writing about it is kind of taking it from inside to put it outside. I love that. And it's dude, it's, it's cathartic. That's just another, that's, that's my beanbag. And it was funny because I hadn't written in it in eight months. So sometimes I'll write in it like, weekly just because i'm real frustrated i'm like i don't want to have these emotions coming out in the conversation but i need to get them out because i don't want them living in here um and then sometimes i don't it was eight months i was like dang i can't believe i haven't written in this thing um in this long because usually i'll do it when i'm like i can't sleep or i wake up early and i'm just automatically anxious and i'm like dude i gotta log into that doc and just get this out um so yeah, that's, that's, I want to try that. Bag. Yeah. I Password do, protected. I've tried that with journals and stuff, but you feel like that's like, this could, I don't know. I, I didn't know why I would care, but if it just could fall into someone's right. hands and they would hear this right. varnished thing and like, I want to tell me. Oh, I, and I, and I could call it, I mean, I just call BS on myself so quick. If I'm, if I, you, you know, even when you're writing, you're like writing, oh, I know. like I make know. it sound good. I'm like, no, you're writing. To no one's reading. Yeah. And it just oh, it yeah. demands call the bullshit. Unvarnished authenticity. Yeah. And I know when I'm in that place. And when I read those past journal entries, I'm like, dude, this is a courageous person. This is an honest person. Like, mm. be that person. So it just kind of mm. yeah, it's just been good, man. And then it's good to look back on stuff like, wow, I like you said, Bershik, I man, I worked through that. Or yeah. I don't feel strongly about that. I mean, I've got some stuff in there that is like. It is very deep too. (laughs) And I can even look back now. I've been doing it for like uh, six years 
So it's that's crazy to me. I can't even believe I got sick. A lot of data, man. Yeah, I'll look back and be like, dude, you were being so harsh to yourself. Like, that's where you're blaming yourself. That's where you're judging yourself. But I couldn't see that even two years in. I need, Mm. I need to read those. You know, five, six years past. So whatever. Just that's just another thing that kind of could be helpful. You know, someone out there in space, out Uh, out to the aliens, wherever this podcast (laughs) goes. Well, yeah, who knows, man. this is but we we celebrate our own growth reynolds drew congratulations i celebrate the growth um that y'all have experienced and i feel that encouragement in my own life brian with your midlife sadness and pulling this together and stuff well it's been it's been really good it's been really helpful which i think at this stage of life is all i'm really looking for (laughs) like what's gonna really help um and be and be helpful so we celebrate and we celebrate the end of our first series i guess you could say of podcasts first season yeah we'll call it yeah it's first season so episode eight over and so (laughs) will it ever go live i don't know we'll see we shall see marco polo pick us up man <laughs> Exclusively on Spotify. And if anyone, oh, the God. first person to get a Spotify deal before we release a single episode, <laughs> no yeah. one knows who we are. <laughs> Come on, Joe Rogan, get Let's us to go. The <laughs> well, Let's go, if Joe. Anyone, if anyone out there did listen to these episodes, we celebrate you. Thanks for coming along the journey. And uh, the aliens yeah. love it, man. They're very we'll interested in this. We'll see what unfolds. These humans are weird if they listen to our podcast. That's what the aliens are thinking. (laughs) Very emotional creatures down there on that planet. Oh, they're so cute. They put on their little headphones. So creaturely. They get in their little room and do a little... They talk talk about their feelings. Dude, I mean, think about when you go to bed. That's so weird. Everyone gets in this little nest. They make a little nest. It's warm. They get all these blankets. Like like a little... And we turn off. Just a giant hermit or a giant (laughs) hamster. That's what I keep thinking about. Like, we're just... Running around all day doing eating our food and getting a little nest at night. It's so weird. We saw this guy turn off his lights and get in his little nest in this Spain. We were looking in this apartment, this courtyard. I was like, get ready. So weird. (laughs) We turn off. Just turn off. We just turn off and expect and hope that our body just knows to turn back on (laughs) at some point. (laughs) That's weird to me. I think I'm going to wake back up and then we just turn off. Death uh, to life every day. <laughs> every day we die. Resurrection. We rise. Oh, there it is. All right. Well, love you guys. story. <laughs> All right. Let's do it again sometime. See, See you in eight years. <laughs>Thanks for listening to today's episode, this reflection uh, on season one. We would love for you to share your reflection. Uh, if you would be willing, if there's been a certain episode or theme or anything from this first season that's really resonated with you or impacted you, we'd love to hear it. So like we said at the beginning, um, check us out on Instagram. Our handle is WNAFPOD. On Instagram, you can leave us a message there. Um, but also consider checking out WNAFPod.com. This is where you could send us an email or also what I think would be really fun is send us a voice message. You can record it right there. It's super simple. You just record your audio message 
uh, and you can share with us that way. We would love to know kind of what has been a takeaway for you from this first season. And also, if you haven't already, consider sharing this podcast with some friends. Um, if, you, if there are people in your life that you think would benefit from some of these vulnerable, kind of hard conversations, um, we'd love for you to share those with them as we will be working hard to get ready for the launch of season two. Again, that's going to be January 17th. And lastly, I would just encourage you at that same website, wnafpod.com, join the V group. That's what we call ourselves on Marco Polo for vulnerability uh, and trying to always lean into it as hard as it can be. We'd love for you to join us. Uh, We have a monthly newsletter you can sign up for where we'll be sharing a book each month that we're reading together. And so you can learn with us as well as a place where we will be sharing some exclusive content, some recordings and conversations that we won't be sharing on the regular podcast. So consider that as well. Join the V group and have an amazing holiday season. And we'll see you in 2023 for season two.